Sport Tracks on SFM with John Gerica. With John Gerica. Saturdays, 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. All right, let's talk to, I think we played him in our highlight show last week. Did we play Grant Lottering? We did in the highlight show. In that conversation, we were looking ahead to uh, a big ride that he was planning this December. He was going to ride 2,000 kilometers of gravel and 4 by 4 roads for 100 hours. We spoke to Grant before where he had ridden inside a game reserve, got up and down and up and down and up and down for many, many hours. Uh, but Grant Lottering, you join us now. How's the body feeling? Because it was difficult. Hi, John. Yeah, yeah, it was extremely difficult. My goodness. Um, but I've had four weeks off the bike now, so I'm okay. feeling great. <laughs> it it didn't go as planned. Tell us what happened. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, typical 2020. Hey, I, I should have expected it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. John, it was um, when I was about to start on this, on at 6 p.m. on the 1st in Nottingham Road in a towel. Mm. It was raining. It was overcast. The wind was howling. It was just miserable. And it was like that right through the night into the next morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I rode through Underberg through around about midnight, just continued on towards roads. And, uh, yeah, by the next morning, it was still overcast, not raining so hard anymore, but mm. still very windy. And it was a headwind the whole way. Sure. So it was a very tough start to my ride. Very, very tough with a headwind. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I've been in the rain in that neck of the woods, and it's a different mm. kind of rain in the Drakensberg, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you're so high as well. Um, it, it's like a, it, it's like a drenching rain. Mm. <laughs> it, it's almost like the Cape, you know, just gets in everywhere. Uh, it was really tough to stay dry. And you had started with an injury already, didn't you? Um, no, no, I, I, I did have a bit of treatment before my ride for uh, my ITB and 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 my hip mm. uh, that was not engaging properly, my left hip. But it was fine. Um, I did a few good rides before the time. I did my 24-hour for Dreams uh, about three weeks ahead of this ride, Mm -hmm. and it was successful. So I thought it was all just fine. But what actually happened was um, it only started really uh, on the third day, John, when I started riding from from just south of Craddock towards Pearson and Jansonville through the Eastern Cape Karoo down towards uh, Jeffreys Bay, Mm -hmm. Bavianskurth. Um, and and the the roads were just so incredibly rough and and rutted, but I think it was because of all the headwind that I had for the entire ride. I just worked so hard; mm. it was just relentless. Um, and that morning, it it just suddenly I, I got out the saddle and I just suddenly felt this pinch pain in my left knee, and I knew exactly what it was. Mm. You know, on the side of your knee, yeah, and. Oh, I was concerned. I thought, oh my goodness, this isn't good. Because at that point, I was on, sure, I was on about 500, close to 600 kilometers. Sure. So I still had a long, long way to go. Mm. But I was feeling wonderful. I was feeling so good mentally, physically. Every, you know, in spite of the hard ride that I had up to that point, I was still feeling very good. Mm. And it, yeah. I was, I was going to say, did did you have to? Did you feel like you could push through? I mean, you you're doing the impossible so is, mm, did you feel yeah. like let's just carry on yeah absolutely i thought i'll just continue um what i did have to start doing though is every now and then well every now and then i would say every three hours or so of riding i would stop i would stretch as much as i could yeah. uh, my hip and everything and i fortunately i had a good idea what was wrong so i knew what kind of stretching to do right. just next to the road there 
Um, but my goodness, by about six in the afternoon, we were. I was on those typical Karoo roads, eh? as straight as an arrow. <laughs> There's nothing out there, just some wind, wind bumps <laughs> and dust. And I, I just, I couldn't get out the saddle anymore. It was just too painful. Mm. Um, but I still thought, let me just try and get through the night. Um, but by sunset, around about seven o'clock, it was just so painful. And at that point, you know, that was heading into my into my fourth night. And, mm. and then we were starting to look at, um, you know, what, what are our options here? What, is it realistically possible for me to continue this distance? I can ask you, why is it important to get out of the saddle? What, what, why couldn't you just, I don't know, sit down and enjoy the pedal? Mm, sure. You know, <laughs> when you're on, on gravel roads, I mean, obviously when you go uphill, you, you, you do get out the saddle every now and then. It does um, help you to just use your muscles differently. Mm, okay. <clears throat> it helps you to just um, obviously alleviate your butt a little bit from <laughs> sitting on the saddle all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think what started to happen was I spent more time in the saddle and um, working with my right leg more than my left leg. So mm-hmm. that brought on a whole bunch of other complications with it. And also with those ruts on those gravel roads, um, it gets really heavy on your butt. And, right. You know, you do end up picking lines across the road all the time and you do want to get out the saddle every now and then just to change your position a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, it just became really difficult. Okay, so into your fourth night, what happened? Mm. Yeah, we got to um, Jansenville or, or close to it, and um, I stopped. I, I, had, uh, I had two guys from my support team with me, and, you know, we just had a bit of a discussion there. And I said, because from there I was meant to go all the way down to Potencia, which was still a good 160-odd kilometers away. And we had arranged, we, we got entry permission through, through the Bavillons Cliff and, and the Eastern Cape Parks Tourism. We were given access to enter the Bavillons Cliff around about midnight. And I could see already there was no way someone was going to get there by midnight. Mm-hmm. It was going to be much later in the morning. And um, the way I was feeling, I thought it's just I, I, the last thing I want is to be stuck in the middle of Bavillons Cliff and I cannot ride further. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were also concerned because during the day, one of the parks guys phoned me phoned us and said that the, the buffaloes are in musk. Right. They're very concerned about us riding through at night because yeah. um, I've just got one support car following me through there. So we had that to think about as well. And I thought, well, you know, this leg is not good. Um, let's just get in the car. Let's drive down to Potency because the other support team was there already. And let's make a call at night um, at, at the hotel we were staying at. Um, so to make a long story short, I ended up staying down till the next morning early, and then we drove with a car through to Avantive on the other side of Bavion's Cliff, and I continued the ride from there, hoping that through the night I would have just recovered a bit. Right. Um, but I didn't, and, and when I got to Avantive the next morning, it was raining even harder than it did the first day when I started. Sure. It was terrible. Yeah, so I set off through Prince Alfred's Pass all the way down towards Neisner, and... Um, once again, it was just really raining so hard. It was incredibly muddy, a lot of wind. Um, but at that stage, I could barely get up the saddle. I was literally riding with one leg. That's... And I just wanted to get to Neisner and we decide from there. Yeah. What's it like? When, I mean, you're, you're Grant Lottering. You do these things all the time. What's it like when you have to throw in the towel? Oh, it's terrible. Um, 
you know, the first thing is, before I start these rides, John, I really do so much mental work just to prepare myself, and I really visualize the whole ride, and mm. I convince myself in a way that I can do it, and I will do it. Um, so I need to come to terms with that, that I'm not going to reach the finish. Mm. Um, and I'm always then thinking my sponsors and the people that follow me and um, the money that I raise for Laureus and, you know, the impact that it's going to have. Mm. Because for me personally, it, it wasn't a failure, certainly not, but it was certainly not a success either. So, you know, for me it's really difficult. But I think also I understand that this is a journey, um, this happened before in 2017 in the Alps. I had to stop after 20, 20 hours. I had hypothermia because of bad weather. And that as well was, was, was a bitter pill to swallow. But mm. it, it's part of a journey. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, you just, you know, life doesn't always turn out the way you want it to. You can plan things as well as you want. And, and it doesn't guarantee success, does it? So, you know. I think you used that analogy at the beginning. It's 2020. And I imagine there are a lot of people that are experiencing not riding a bicycle through the rain for many, many hours, but they've also had dreams and aspirations and were halfway there and they've been shut down. So what is Grand Lottering going to do to get back on the bike, as it were? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sure, I want to go back and finish this ride because it it really is, I I think it will be, um, it, it, it's got everything it requires to be a truly, truly epic, epic ride. Yeah. Um, if I can pull this ride off 2,000 kilometers from Nottingham Road to Paul, climbing 20,000 meters or more, it, it will be truly um, a remarkable um, feat in, in, in my books. So it, it remains a big challenge for me. Um, but the first first thing for me was to, to just, you know, focus on next year. Um, we got some big plans coming. Well, this year now, mm-hmm. 2021. Um, I was in contact with my sponsors and everybody, and, and we're quite confident that um, you know the year is going to turn out better for all of us. We have to believe that, don't mm-hmm. we? Um, and um, we'll be able to travel again and resume our lives. Um, don't know when in 2021, but I do believe it's going to happen. Um, so just focus on that, and and you know. I've taken a lot of lessons from this ride. Um, there's a lot we've learned from it. Um, and, and my encouragement for people really is, you know, when things don't turn out the way you wanted to or, or the way you planned or hoped it would, just get over it as quick as you can. Set yourself a new goal as quickly as possible and mm-hmm. look ahead. And that's what I did. So I didn't make it. It didn't work. I'm going to get treatment now on my leg and we're going to start working on this thing. And that is it. It's done. It's dusted. You can't change it. And, um, you know, don't have a victim mentality. Rather, just um, have a victim mentality and, mm. and set yourself a new goal. Yeah. Are you going to do the whole ride again, or are you just going to start where you finished? I want to do this whole ride again, but it won't be this year, John. It'll have to be next year um, because I've already got <laughs> big plans for this year in the States. Nice. Yeah. I've got a sponsor in the States, so I'm going to be riding an impossible tour through California, north mm-hmm. to south. So. I'm going to do a tour in Italy, um, and that one's going to be significant because I'm going back to the scene of my accident mm. seven, eight years ago. So that's going to be wonderful. But definitely next year I want to come back, and I, I, I think I can do this right. I really do, even though I'll be, I'll be a year or a bit older. Mm. <laughs> it, it will be quite something. But I'm also thinking maybe 
maybe it's good to include some other people to ride with me. Grant, we'll obviously, like like you were a cyclist beforehand, you were you were a mm. sportsman beforehand, but it's it's. I'm sure many people's dreams to go, you know what I want to do? I want to give up the rat race and become an adventurer. How does one become, how do you, how are you able to, to give up life and go, yeah, I'm going to ride a bike for a month? Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people think I love the dream, but it's, it, it's a really difficult um, journey that I'm on. It's certainly not easy. My life was different. I was thrown into this thing, literally. Mm. Um, with a life-changing accident, yes. but but it was still up to me to make the decision and to take those steps. And it started for me with having a clear vision of what I want to do with my life. And um, yeah, you can say I'm an adventurer, but for me, there's a purpose behind what I'm doing. For me, the cycling really is the enabler for me to share my life story and to tell people what what you can accomplish when you don't give up, when when your life takes a turn for the worse. Do something with it. Don't let it do something with you. Um, so to me, it begins in the mind. Have a clear idea of what it is you want to accomplish with your life and and work work on it from there. And that's what I did. And my, my talent is to ride a bike. I've been gifted with that talent. It wasn't taken away from me in my accident. So I'm using it to make a difference and to be relevant. And maybe just train a little harder next time so that you can finish your ride, Grand Lottery. Oh, I'll have to, eh? I'll have to. <laughs> Good chatting to you. Hard luck in your ride. And I'm sure 2021, like you say, is it can only get better. But thank you for having me on the air. I really appreciate it, John. And I'm sure it will be. I'm and sure, to you too. I'm sure we'll chat again. Grand Lottery, thank you very much. Extreme, extreme Endurance Cyclist, Laureate Sport for Good Ambassador.